Welcome to Manager Tools. Don't get rid of your performance reviews. Part one, here we go. This cast answers these questions. Should my organization get rid of its performance review system? How can I deliver better performance reviews? What can I do to help subordinate managers deliver effective performance reviews? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Folks, if you want to give great performance reviews, the only way to do that is to build trust and credibility throughout the year. The best way we know how to do that is to roll out one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. And the best way to do that is to use our brand new roadmap application available for free to all licensees. If you want to learn more, come to our website and check it out, www.manager-tools.com forward slash roadmap. I was surprised to read recently, and I'm sure you've known about this trend for a while, that a number of large organizations are actually getting rid of their annual review system, which (laughs) we're going to talk about that, but that doesn't excite me. Yeah. I mean, but look, it's, as we'll talk about more, nobody likes reviews. They're horrible. Well, there are a lot of things I don't like that are useful. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in a selfish way, Layoffs, yeah. actually, sometimes, but yeah. The trend of getting rid of reviews is caused by a fundamental misunderstanding of what is happening in the organization and historically. And firms that re- remove their review system are going to regret it at some point in the future, or if they don't regret it, they should, and they'll ultimately end up putting them back in place. And so this cast is about here's what to, how to respond to that and what to do and why. I suspect this is a long outline. We have a lot to talk about here. It is. I've got eight points. Um, I never, I never, when I do an outline. Not a record, but. No, we've had 12, I think, 16 or something. I have no idea how long the outline is going to be when I first get an idea for a cast. Sometimes they're four and it's easy and sometimes it's eight and it's hard and, you know. So here, here are our major points. First of all, performance reviews, the system, are broken, guys. And it's okay to think that. We're not saying that performance reviews are great. But the solution is not to eliminate reviews. And that's because reviews are in part broken because people don't know what they're doing or how to do it or what to do or why. So there are three basic problems. And then there are three solutions that somewhat align to those problems. The first problem, the the endemic problem, the problem that kills it, is the lack of trust between managers and their directs. Problem two relates to problem one, but is the next step, which is lack of regular performance communications throughout the year, which adds to credibility and trust, of course. And the third problem is the organization's poor use, delivery of, and use of the system. And so our points at six, seven, eight in the cast are three solutions. The first one is Look, if you want your performance reviews to work, step one is managers have to manage. We've talked before about how the problem in America and the world is not over-management and micromanagement, which everybody screams all the time. The problem is gross under-management. So managers need to manage. Next, HR needs to communicate clearly about the system. The system you probably have, and there are really bad ones out there, but the system most of you have right now is probably completely tolerable. And HR needs to train about it and communicate about it. And then the last solution is HR needs to use the input that we give them as managers in performance reviews as important data for talent management and succession planning. That's how effective systems work. And there are companies all over the world that use it that way. 
but they don't get talked about because it's not cool. Because right now what's cool is talking about why performance reviews should go away, which is dumb, but cool. Yeah, if we did all the things that were cool, that would. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great when good things and effective things align with being cool, but sometimes they don't. And this is, this is one of them. It doesn't quite align. So Yeah, you, you almost have to be a scientist or a geek to think that effectiveness is cool. I equate coolness with like being a good trash talker. You can be a good trash talker and lose a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be a terrible cr- trash talker, in other words, not be cool, and win. And effectiveness means winning. You're a high D, so what would you expect? Okay, so let's go to your first point. I suspect there are a lot of folks that don't like performance reviews, and yeah. I suspect those people are pretty normal, right? Yeah, they Especially are. if you're young or new to the workplace, um, it's perfectly understandable. It doesn't mean that you don't need performance reviews. It just means that performance re- reviews are broken right now. Exactly. Like you said, they're normal. If you don't like your performance review, if you don't, you've not had a good one, even if your boss gave you an okay review, but you secretly had doubts about whether or not your review was relatively equal to everybody else's and your boss was showing some cowardice, which he or she probably was. But if you're new and you don't know whether what you feel has any validity, but you don't like your system, you're right. You're smart enough to have figured it out. It's not your inexperience. Virtually everybody hates performance reviews. Now, people hate performance reviews for a lot of different reasons, some of which because the the delivery, the use, and so on is broken. There are also some people that if we had a fabulous system, which, by the way, we're putting on some podcast guidance about how to do that presently, a lot of people wouldn't like the best, most ethical and professional review system in the world. And while we respect that they feel that way, it doesn't matter. Your job is not to like everything in your job but rather to be effective in your job and to understand that there's no perfect workplace unless you'd like to work alone where you set all the rules. And as long as you can make revenue doing that, I don't know why more people don't do that, simply so we wouldn't have to listen to them complain about all the things that are wrong with the organization they're in. But look, when it comes to performance reviews, for a lot of good reasons, they're legitimately hated. So you're not wrong for hating them. Performance reviews generally speaking, are in their present incarnation, poorly understood, poorly conceived, poorly managed, poorly delivered, and poorly used. I mean, it's like, duh. No wonder nobody likes them, or almost nobody likes them. So, okay, let's talk about present incarnation. Let's understand why. And this is a case where I'm sure I'm going to get some mail. Oh, Mark, you talk too much. Okay, fine. By the way, there are other podcasts that are for free you can go listen to. But rather, I, we want you to understand not only what to do. This is manager tools. We're going to make this actionable. But we also understand, we want, want you to understand the context of why you're doing it so that if you're in an organization that does things differently or you're thinking about making a change, if you understand the underlying rationale, it's much easier to make intelligent changes to the system you're living in. Simple as that. So, If you don't know, and we've talked about this before, performance reviews in what is essentially their present form, to some degree, were never intended to be shared with the person being evaluated, okay? Now, think about that for a minute, and think about how you think about performance reviews, folks. Think about how, in your mind, particularly if you're younger than 30, no no offense, folks, that you, you assume that performance reviews are there to tell you how you're doing. They're not. 
That was never their intent. Just knowing that the assumption you make about the system you're a part of is completely dead wrong in terms of its original purpose ought to have help you have some understanding about how messed up the entire weird world of performance reviews has gotten. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Performance reviews were invented by the United States Army to allow for succession planning, which is, as you might imagine, a special necessity for the armed forces. And as I told somebody this the other day, and they said, wow, that made it so easy. The other ways you describe it didn't make sense. So if you understand that a general outranks a colonel, and a colonel outranks a captain, I know not everybody knows every military rank, but surely general, colonel, and captain are orders of magnitude different enough that you could say, yeah, I know. Okay, so performance reviews work like this. The colonel would submit some information to the general about which captain who worked for the colonel should be promoted in the event of the colonel's battlefield death. And the general needed to know that before the colonel died so he could immediately say, promote him or now promote her as well. Okay, so that's how it started. That form was never shared with the person being reviewed. It was the colonel talking to the general. And the captain wasn't involved. Now, part of the reason for that is because the captain had been given other vehicles, other venues. The colonel was obligated to talk to the captain frequently about his performance. But the performance review was not an individual management system. It was an organizational system designed to help with talent management and succession planning. Okay, so that's all true then. Explain to me why did why did organizations take this thing that was created to not be shared with the direct? Why did they start sharing it? What drove that? Yeah, because managers weren't doing their jobs, basically. But historically, the historical arc of the story is during the rapid growth phase of large organizations, when suddenly large organizations became such an enormous factor in society. And for those of you who believe large organizations are bad, I'm sorry, sociologists disagree with you. The greatest invention of mankind is large organizations. It allows us to massively multiply our abilities and to become immensely more efficient while maximizing our effectiveness as well. But when organizations started growing, they needed a model for how to grow, and they latched onto the military because the military was bigger, general, the world's militaries were bigger than other corporate and even governmental organizations. And this is largely in the first half of the 20th century, just about 100 years ago, this started happening. And it particularly happened in a frenzy level after World War II uh, in the latter, latter part of the second half of the, or the first half of the 20th century. And What happened was reviews were in place for succession planning there. They had stolen it from the military, but organizations discovered that they had not been doing a good job the way the military did do a good job talking about performance between colonel and captain. They didn't have a good way to talk to the performer of the performance about their performance. There was no performance communication model system way for people to talk to other people. In fact, because it was unfortunately such a a male world, it was embarrassing to have to talk to someone um, about 
how they were doing. It was dirty. It was not, you didn't want to do that uh, in many, many cases. And again, at this time, reviews were an organizational succession planning system, not an individual performance communication system. Okay. Performance reviews, annual performance reviews started being shared because managers weren't doing what we think of as their job relative to performance communication. Somebody came up with this idea, hey, look, we've we, the colonel is our, you know, this director has already told us how good this manager is. Why don't we just use that form that the director used to send to the VP? Why doesn't the director just turn around and have to give it to the manager? Somebody somewhere said, Let, let's share what we already have. Let's reuse. Right? Reuse is good. Yeah. The problem with that is performance reviews were never meant to be shared. And so the system as it was created didn't have any consideration for what would be required between a manager and a direct to make the communication useful. And so now we have this weird situation that we're living with today. So performance reviews as a system relative to how you, the listener, experience them are poorly understood and poorly conceived. Nobody in their right mind would ever have created our present system to address a manager to direct performance communication system. Nobody. I mean, in fact, most organizations, literally the only thing they can point to officially, systemically, programmatically for bosses talking to their directs about how they're doing, the only thing they have is an annual performance review. It's simple. We have quarterly legal requirements if we're a public company to report profits and losses and all kinds of things. We're obligated to do that. There's SEC filings in the United States. They're called different things all over the world for public companies. Because if individuals are going to invest, if we're going to allow the free flow of capital within and without borders, there has to be some legal mechanism to ensure some form of trust and trust happens through communication. You see how all this stuff is tied together. It's fascinating. But we do that legally. We, we enforce that legally. And yet when it comes to the engine of performance for organizations, which is managers and their directs and getting more out of everybody, growing productivity, we got nothing. An annual review that was intended for something that it's not being used for. So I guess one, one problem, of course, is something that wasn't designed for sharing with the individual and then go ahead and doing that. That's bad. But I guess what makes it even worse, though, is that even the, the performance reviews, the process for doing them today are terribly managed, right? Yeah. HR, and folks, please, those of you who are longtime listeners, you know that I got on the bad side of HR for a few years. I'm not on HR's bad side. At least I don't think I am. If you're in HR and I'm on your bad side, please write me a note. I'll be happy to apologize. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's good. Um, but but the short answer is for years, folks, I used to say I hate HR. Part of the reason for that was I was talking to individual managers and too many managers are poorly served by HR. I've since changed my tune. I should never have spent years saying I hate HR. And so now what I say is I don't hate HR. I like HR, but I still hate bad HR. And there's a lot of bad HR because bad HR makes managers even worse than they already are. It's it, It's a detractor from management effectiveness. And we've already got enough detractors in terms of lack of knowledge and lack of support that we don't need anything coming from within the organization. But HR is putatively responsible for performance reviews, but HR talks them down all the time. I mean, they, they laugh, they scoff. Oh yeah, and nobody likes our review system. And then what's more, they think the solution is let's change the form every couple of years. 
which eliminates any ability for the system to gather trend data over a long period of time. It's almost like you think, I got to make my bones here. I need to change the system so that I can put that on my annual review that I changed the system. While literally screwing over tens of thousands in large organizations, managers who had just gotten used to the old system. It's like that famous quote, which I believe is apocryphal from, oh, I think it's probably a serious, a serious from Roman times, which is, you know, we, we learned to reorganize. Uh, you know, whenever things got tough, we reorganized. And reorganization is, is a great way to address on the surface a problem in the organization while sowing con- discontent, confusion, um, lack of information, lack of communication, just horrible idea. The same thing with changing your annual performance review system when the underlying system, as we've already described in this cast, is essentially flawed. And then when we change it, the only training managers get is about the change in the system or the form itself and not about really how the system's supposed to work. I challenge anyone to show me any deck, any slide of any deck that has been presented to them or presented by them to an audience that says, the way to give great annual performance reviews is to do your work day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, and here are some possible ways how. You don't even have to mention our stuff. I don't care. I just want one HR person to tell me that they have taken the time to tell managers, you'll never be able to give a good performance review unless you've done the work of building trust and credibility and talking about performance long before you ever have to write the darn review. Seriously, guys, think of it this way. How many of you, show of hands here, how many of you upon your first managerial promotion were told, hey, listen, we need HR saying this or somebody else, your boss saying, we need a couple hours of your time in the next four to six weeks to walk you through your new roles, responsibilities in one of the most important challenge management systems our company has, which is performance reviews. Around here, you don't get to write and deliver performance reviews without understanding the seriousness of your obligation. You will affect people's home lives by the amount of money they take home the next year based on your analysis of their performance and your ability to effectively fight for them with a limited resource pool. The idea that the receiving of a review, if I've been an individual contributor and I've been getting reviews, The idea that my reception of the review for the previous two years is enough training in the system that my boss has been using to prepare it and deliver it so that I could then prepare it and deliver it is ludicrous. It's it's awful. HR is malingering. They're not doing their job. And guys, look, to be clear, I'm not trying to be intentionally hostile to HR here. But I don't understand how manager tools can be the only voice advocating for managers to systemically review their emails over the course of the year to compile the most important talent management system document the company has. Why are we the only ones that's figured that out? And we figured it out years ago. Why does no one else teach that? Just as a standard thing. So, sorry. I I, I just really feel like performance reviews can be great. And it's not hard. Oh, when they're done well. I've shared stories before of performance reviews I've received. Actually, the story was not so much about the performance review. It's the story of how one of my managers gave me my performance review. Then, once I was satisfied with, like, I got a perfect score and I got a raise and promotion. Then she said, now let's turn that over and let's talk about what I really think about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and so the most significant 
performance feedback I've gotten in my entire career was done during my performance review, but conducted completely outside the performance review. By an exceptionally great manager who knows that the system cannot be trusted with that information. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And look, there's another reason that the system is poorly managed. And that has to do with how reviews are scheduled and so on. But we'll put out guidance about how to do that. If you get a greenfield opportunity to set up your own performance review systems, we've already put out, I think, guidance on the one page, manager tools, one page performance review. That's all you need, one page. And we'll be putting out guidance in the near term about how to actually structure your system so that reviews get reported and so on. Okay. Well, I think you're missing something here because you talked about the the sins of HR, but I think uh, us managers, <laughs> I think we, I don't think we get to escape here. Yeah, I know you're totally right. Regardless of the stench in the system, it wouldn't really be hard for all of us to deliver great, highly professional reviews to our directs. In fact, we could do it in such a way that our individual work would essentially refute the embarrassment of the system. But most of us don't. We don't prepare which is funny because we rebel at the thought of our manager not preparing and we deliver it poorly and we deliver without clarity, without as much sensitivity as we should. And for too many of us, I believe, based on my conversations with managers over the years, we haven't done the boring, unsexy, messy, quotidian, utilitarian work of building trusting relationship with our directs. We haven't talked frequently with them about their performance, making performance part of the language of our relationship. We've kind of flinched, I guess, from the duties that the organization bestows upon us. And then this is where the duplicity comes in, decrying that same lack of professionalism in those to whom we ourselves are charged. And this is what happens when a system is poorly designed, poorly conceived, poorly implemented, and then poorly understood. And then... The last thing I'll mention regarding the, the problem and why people, the system is so broken that even its one original intent, which is serving information to leadership about talent management and succession planning, has become poorly served. In fact, I talked to somebody the other day, says, we don't look at performance reviews. We look at these snap studies we're doing to see how people are. We do a, semi, we do a biannual culture survey. What? How does a culture survey give you a sense of succession planning? Well, the managers who have the happiest teams, you know, we tend to give them extra credit. But it's all anonymous. Oh, no, we can figure it out. I mean, I'm just having this, it's, I don't know, it's Kafka-esque, the conversations I have about this stuff. Reviews aren't systematized. They aren't average. They're not mean. They're not median. They're not sifted. They're not sorted. They're not discussed. They're not explored. They're not mined. There's no data set created that each individual gets compared to at his level or her level or above or below. Frequently, personnel decisions are considered without looking at the data or the data overall. And to some degree, you'd have to go at this point in this cast, why would it be when every part of the system is broken? Other than maybe the only part that's not broken is the new online interface that we're touting that makes it easier for managers to submit. But folks, if you're a manager, they didn't create that system to make it easy for you to submit. They created that system to make it easy for them to check on you. Sorry. I've had a bunch of HR people tell me that over the years. Okay. So just imagine yourself in, in court and the judge uh, 
looks at you over her glasses and, uh, you done? And I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel bad. I'm, I, I need to, I don't know, I need to go play golf or something just because I feel like I've just damned an entire thing. And you know what, guys? We're too good for this. That's really what it boils down to. We are capable of effectiveness and professionalism and care and concern on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. We are. And we ought to, we ought to be that good. If for no other reason than do unto others as you would have done unto you. Okay, so so performance reviews are broken. I think you've proven that point in the vast majority of organizations. And folks, don't get insulted if your organization is different and it's great. Then then to, good. Then awesome. There are organizations that do it well. So this is not the condemnation of of every organization out there. Just in our in our experience, we've seen a lot of companies. The vast majority are not where you are if you're one of those people. Yeah, th- think of it this way: is manager rules, as we've said many times, is for ninety percent of the managers, ninety percent of the time, you may be in that ten percent. And if you are, I'd love to see the form. I'd be happy to blank out the information so nobody knows where it came from, and I'd love to know what you understand the system to be. I mean, shoot, I could learn something. Maybe I've got blinders on that. I've heard so many awful stories that I just have forgotten that there are wonderful stories out there, or at least I don't have a hook into one of the great stories that are out there. Yeah. I'd love to see it as well. So folks, if you have it, send it. So the fact that for 90% of folks, the system is broken doesn't suggest, at least to us, that the answer is to eliminate performance reviews. That's not the solution. No, I think it's dumb to do that. We think it's popular because it shows that HR and organizations are, quote, sensitive to the needs of their employees. I think that's great, except that the company isn't run for employees, it's run for customers. But hey, let's not have that existential argument. But everyone has done such a poor job administering a system that has great roots, but really bad fruits. HR doesn't have solutions for it. And so some VP comes in and says, well, let's just get rid of it. Because right now in the popular press and so on, you could justify that. Hey, look, a bunch of other people are doing it. I have a friend over here. She's in Connecticut. He's in Paris. And some guy, somebody in Mexico City and Buenos Aires, they're saying, yeah, they're getting rid of theirs too. Blah, blah, blah. Actually, they're in the process of pitching someone senior about getting rid of it, but maybe they're not actually getting rid of it. But just because people don't like a system and it's not working doesn't mean you kill the system in and of itself. And I don't hear people telling me that they have some other way to capture what performance reviews were originally intended to do. Although, interestingly, a lot of people tell me, well, what we're doing is we're asking managers to meet more frequently with people and talk to them about performance, like, you know, quarterly. So, okay, great. You're going to have them talk quarterly. You still won't have any trust or credibility. Fine, great. So it really won't really be detailed performance stuff because the manager will pull his or her punches. But how does that solve the succession planning thing? And of course, people say, well, no, that's not what we're doing. We're doing performance reviews. Oh, well, you know that that's what they're originally intended for. No, 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 I don't, I don't think that's true. Well, okay, whatever. But look, based on the logic that we don't like this system, we should get rid of it, layoffs and budget cuts should be eliminated as well. We don't like those. They're no fun. We don't understand them, right? There too, there are also organizational systems that are necessary and reasonable, and nobody likes them. But they're not going away. We somehow make do with those things that are bad but necessary. 
So look, rest assured right now, all the firms which are now crowing about getting rid of their performance review systems are A, replacing them with something like more frequent communications, getting their CPO, chief people officer, or VP of HR, a lot of positive press and speaking engagements. Also, five years from now, these companies will be busily implementing a new, quote, system to, quote, capture, unquote, quote, performance communications, unquote, and, quote, talent management or talent alignment conversations, unquote, all done through an app on their management app or Spectacles, Google Glass, or something like that. Right before, after they've just gone through this defenestration of performance reviews, right before the chief people officer's agent or recruiter gets them a chief administrative officer or chief operating officer gig somewhere smaller so they can continue to climb the ladder. It's popular and stupid. What's funny about place, replacing performance reviews with a system that requires more frequent communications is that performance reviews were built upon a system where frequent communication was so fundamental and understood and endemic that nobody talked about it. The new systems that people are going to create won't get what they want. They'll be cooler. There's no question. They'll be on your phone. And the organization won't get session planning help either. So please, if, so, if you're in a meeting and you think your organization really does mean it when they say be candid, and for the record, folks, not all of them do, gosh, when they say, what do you guys think? Say, no, I, I got to tell you, I disagree. I think the fact that nobody likes the system is not because the system is bad or wrong. I think we just do it poorly. I think we ought to have a system for talking about performance, and I think we ought to have a separate system for talking about talent management and succession planning. And that said, I'm a loan manager or director, and I don't know what you guys are doing with the system now. I'd love to see that. But if you just ask me to be a fly on the wall, I think we just ought to do a better job in performance reviews. And maybe that would mean simplifying the system. But yeah. Or you could sit quietly and preserve your political capital for another day. Because if you're in a meeting with senior HR people asking about what you think about getting rid of the performance review system there's a pretty good chance the performance review system is already dead. And they're just essentially socializing the process. It's like a reverse pre-wire or something. Okay. So now, so we're at a great place now. So we's, this this cast so far, we've, we've talked about the problem. We've told people that the solution is not to eliminate the problem being bad performance reviews. So the, the solution is not to eliminate those. And so I think we ought to do right now what seems to be a popular way to do things is like we set everybody up and now they want to know the solution and yeah we're going to end the cast and make them come back next week you're saying we're leaving on a cliffhanger yeah i guess huh i love that yeah i'm sure people don't but we've been going a while so let's finish this up next week for those of you who are just tuned in for the first time i'm usually not this negative sometimes i am well i, I think you get some slack here because i think most folks listening, probably, if you're getting really negative about the performance reviews, they're probably going, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's I'm okay with that. Too. Yeah. Somebody's got to stand up and say, yeah, they stink, but they don't have to. And the solution everybody's talking about is popular, but cool and wrong. Yeah. And eliminates the problem of having a bad system, but doesn't solve the problem <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, that we need performance, both up the organization and to individuals. So yeah, good. All right. We'll, uh, we'll finish this one up uh, next week, folks. All right. Thanks, partner. All right, man. See you later. 
Thanks, everyone. That's it for part one. We'll continue with part two next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.